Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, if you've got your Bibles here today, I want to be able to open some scripture and, and read from the Word of God here today. And as you do that, we are in a new series titled Legacy. Titled Legacy. And I'm excited for it. It's actually a bit of a word, a bit of a, a series that I've had on my heart for the best part of 18 months now. And I felt the Lord, I felt the Holy Spirit last year say to me, now is not the time. Who knows, there are certain words in certain seasons that if you push it too early, you're not going to get the same kind of results that you're actually called. It's a bit like going and planting in winter. You're not going to necessarily get the fruit that you're actually desiring. And so I felt the Holy Spirit say, cool your jet stand, just relax a little bit, and there'll be an appropriate time that I'll lead the church into for this series. And I believe this is the time. I believe that now we are in a time when the seeds can go in and the ground is fertile, the ground is ready, and the ground across all of our locations be able to receive this word. And so I'm excited for this series, Legacy. Who knows that we are here today, whether it's in this location or any one of our locations, because of those who have gone before us. We should never, ever forget the fact that we are part of the story. We are not the story, though. We just play a part of the story. And as I open my word, and as you open up your word as well, you will quickly find that throughout all Scripture, we see that God is using mankind. He's using the young. He's using the old. He's using those who are willing, who those who have had their hearts stirred, whose spirits have been moved to be able to see the kingdom of God prosper and move forward. And I believe that we're in a time church, and just so that you know, this might be a a message that will require you to perhaps even get in the not so much position, but in a more inclined position of faith here today. There might be some things that are going to be able to stir you up here today. Well, I'm believing, I'm praying that we'll indeed do that right across all of our locations. I believe this is a word that will be an encouragement, but it will be one that will cause a position of action as well. Who knows that faith is an action? It's good to talk about faith, but it's also important to make sure that we are acting on the Word, acting on what the Holy Spirit's saying, and put it into action as well. And so this series will be certainly one that will hopefully stir up the hearts of many here today and in throughout this next few weeks. I want to be upfront and let you know that culminated at the end of this particular series, there's going to be a call to action for our church. There's going to be a call to action with an opportunity of a sacred offering. And I want to be able to share a little bit about this, this direction, this, this word that I believe the Holy Spirit's given me for our church here today. And so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to open up to his, um, Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation today. And I believe on our screens, we'll have the scriptures come up if you don't necessarily have your Bible. And this particular scripture, if we, if we 
set the context for you to understand what's taking place in the scripture right now. You know, in the sort of Exodus 5 through to about Exodus 10 or so, we see how the Israelites have been set free from 400 years of slavery from, <coughs> from, from Egypt. And then we see the Israelites, they, they, they venture through, they leave Egypt, they obviously get to the, the Red Sea and, and suddenly there's a miraculous moment at the Red Sea and they cross the Red Sea and God delivers them from slavery and we find themselves entering into the wilderness. And during this time, we start to see the manna um, start to fall from heaven. We see, the, we see the opportunity for provisions that God's providing. Moses climbs the mountain and he meets with God and he finds himself in places where he, he has a, a, a moment where he experiences the full glory of God. And church, even on that, I'm praying that we'll indeed be a church that experiences the full glory of God. That we won't just be content for a, for a portion or for a, for a little bit of an experience and our encounter, but we may encounter all of what God has for us. And I'm praying that we'll be stirred in our spirits here this morning, that, we'll be, that we're not content with just a little. You know, we worship a God of overflow, of more than enough. And so we should never find ourselves in a place where we're content just for a little. I'm certainly wanting to dive into the deep ends and experience all that God has. And so Moses has a moment with God like this. It says that he encounters him face to face. And shortly after that, we then see that once they've found themselves in the wilderness, and most theologians will suggest that there's roughly about a year of wandering. Who's ever wandered beforehand? <laughs> I know I have. And they've started to wander. And then the Lord says, hey, now that you've been obedient, now that I've delivered you from one thing, now that you find yourself in the wilderness, I want you to do something for me. I want you to go and build me a tabernacle. I want you to build me a house where people can come and be able to worship me. I want to be able to have a house and a provision where my name can be lifted up above every other name. And so... God actually spends about 10 chapters downloading to him of what this tabernacle, what this house of God would actually look like. Now, God's quite specific. He has specific instructions of how he wanted his house to be built. God spends a lot of time in the scripture outlining this. And so Moses no doubt has some sort of note-taking device <laughs> and he writes things down and he takes notes and he has an understanding of what God's calling for him to do. And we pick up the scripture here in Exodus 35 when it's now his turn, he's had the download from God and now it's his turn to be able to outline to the people, the Israelites, what God has actually said. And so we pick it up from verse four of chapter 35 here this morning. It says that Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. He says, take a sacred offering for the Lord. Okay, hold up. So we see that it is a sacred offering. As if to suggest there are different types of offerings. But this one was a sacred offering. And who was it to? It was to the Lord. Now my title, my Bible says, offerings for the tabernacle. But then suddenly... This is instruction is actually for the Lord. We need to understand that any offering that's been given, it's to a location, it's to a church, but we need to understand who we're giving it to. Yeah. It is giving it to the Lord. And so let those with generous hearts, and this morning I want to highlight that everything starts with the heart. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. 
We cannot gloss over this scripture here this morning without understanding the positions of the heart that the individuals had. So let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. It says gold. If you've got gold, I want you to bring gold. If you've got silver, I want you to bring silver. I want you to bring bronze if you've got that as well. Now, no doubt, if you're like me, there'll be people within the community right now saying, um, Moses, um, I don't have any gold or I don't have any silver on me right now. I'll check my bank balance and there's, there's no currently, there's no, there's no bronze going on right now. He says, okay, no worries, all right. What about blue, purple, or scarlet thread? What is being said here is that it's less about what you don't have, but rather what you do have. You see, I'm gonna make a reference at the end of this particular scripture. The answer is in the house. And God doesn't require us to be able to give what we don't have, but He does ask us to ask us the question of what is in our hands? What is currently in the house? I love the fact that when Jesus spends time ministering and he's got thousands of people with him and as people get hungry, he says, okay, go and ask the people what they have. He doesn't say, go down the road and go get a chuckle chicken from the chuckle chicken place. He says, go get the answer from within. There happens to be a little boy with what he had, he had to give that. The answer's in the house. There'll be some people here who'll be able to give single figures. There'll be some people here who might be in a position, God, I'm praying for the millionaires to come into the church, amen. Amen. Amen, sister, amen. And we don't say in jest, but there'll be people here positioned differently. And what there is is, say, bring gold, bring silver, bring bronze, bring the different scarlet threads, bring fine linen, goat hair. Aren't we glad we don't use goat hair these days? Tanned ram skins, fine gold, gold, goat skin leather. Bring acacia wood, olive oil. Or the Italian said, amen, I'll bring the olive oil. Bring the spices. If you got salt and pepper, bring spices. If you got your mixed herbs, who knows every dish tastes better with mixed herbs. Who knows what it is right there, but mixed herbs makes it taste better. For the anointing oil. If you got stones, bring the stones. Other gems. Consider what it is in your hands and bring it unto the Lord. All right, so basically Moses outlines a bit more to the people. He then in verse 20, if we pick it up from verse 20, he says, so the whole community of Israel then left and returned to their tents. Okay, let me tell you what's happening right now. It's something that we're going to do as well. What happens right now is that the download goes out to the people and Moses says, hey, now I want you to go home. I want you to go and seek God. I want you to go and pray about it. I want you to go and talk with your spouse. I want you to go and look in your home and see what it is that you can bring to the house. And there's zero manipulation. There's zero kind of forceful nature. There's zero make a pledge right now. There's zero kind of moments. There's a, hey, I want you now to go back to your homes and I want you to consider and I want you to pray what it is that you can bring to the Lord. Again, another phrase you're going to hear from me a little bit today will be, I'm not going to ask you to bring them out. I'm actually less concerned about them. I want What I want to encourage you as the pastor of this place is that could go away and pray and then obey. Pray and obey. And notice this. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved. 
interesting to me that everyone heard the message, but it's those whose hearts were stirred and spirits were moved, they were the ones that said, hey, I've got something to give. And some would have brought the stones. Some would have brought the herbs and spices. Some would have brought the gold. But those who were stirred, those whose hearts and their spirits were moved, they were in a place. Church, I'm praying, I'm believing that we'll be a church with hearts stirred. I'm praying that we'll have an openness of spirit here this morning where our spirits are able to be moved by the Holy Spirit. And it says, whose spirits were moved, they came and brought their sacred offerings. Again, it's a sacred offering. Who? To the Lord. They brought all the materials needed. Everyone say needed. needed. All the materials needed for the tabernacle. We're going to understand that God doesn't have needs. We don't give to help God out. <laughs> God is the source. He's like the, res- the reservoir that when we want water, we turn on the tap, it comes out. But the source is from the reservoir. That's, that's God. He doesn't need, but the house of God does. The tabernacle did. And this is what it's called. We are called to be able to provide and fulfill the needs of the tabernacle, of the house of God, for the performance of his rituals and the sacred garments. Both men and women came, and all whose hearts were willing. Again, those with willing hearts here this morning. All right, so basically there's been a download. This is what we need, guys. This is what's going to be happening. Then there's a moment of, hey, I'm, I'm, I've been stirred. I believe God calling me to this. And then they start to give. We skip now next to the next chapter, in chapter 36, with verse 5, there's this piece of scripture that, as a pastor, I'm believing for, Naaman. I'm believing for. And it says, they went to Moses, and who's that? They are kind of the treasury. They're the ones that are taking stock of, of basically all that's coming in right now. So they came to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. Imagine C3 New Hope if we had more than enough to complete the job that God is calling us to. That we'll be a church of more than enough. So Moses gave the commands. I love this. Moses gave the command and his message, and the message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more, any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. When I read these words here this morning, previously in the preparation of this, that was my prayer, that we would have more than enough, more than enough to do all that God has for us. And notice here this morning where the miracle came from. It came from the people's tents. It came from the house that the people were a part of. There was a miracle that took place. And what happened is there was an opportunity to build the house of God. You know, I'm believing here this morning, the miracle's in the house. Townsville, the miracle's in the house. Blue Mountains, the miracle's in the house. Campbelltown, the miracle's in the house. Everything that I believe God has for us is already in the house. And yes, there'll be more that comes, there'll be new people that come into the house. But I believe that where we are right now and the season we find ourselves in right now, that the Lord has said, it's in the people's hands. It's in the people's hands. And so Dan... Call the people to run with you. Call the people to run with you. you know, I've got a deep conviction that the house of God matters. 
I've got a deep conviction that the gospel matters. I've got a deep conviction that what we do deeply matters. And so it's not without apology, but it's certainly with kindness, but yet also a boldness. Let's say, church, let's run together. Let's set out after the call of God that he has for us here this morning. I'm calling us to be a part of building a house for the next generation. For now, but also for those who are to come. And I stand with you here today, knowing that I, indeed, I stand on the shoulders of many who have gone before me. Many, many, many. For those who are not fully aware, our church is now 48 years of age. There have been many, many people who have gone before me. I'm deeply thankful for their Adrian and Kathy Grace and all those who built and led the church back in the early days. I'm thankful for people like Pastor Andrew and Pastor, Pastor Claire who played their part. I'm thankful for the Ken McLeans and Mandy McLeans who were part of launching our Blue Mountains campus. I'm thankful for the Kenny and Sharons and so forth who played their part at our Campbell location. I didn't even know the people who launched and planted C3 Townsville, but I'm thankful for them knowing that they have played their part in the journey. And here's the truth. We all get to play our part of the journey as well. And the truth of the matter is that I want my kids and their kids' kids one day to be able to look back and think, I was thankful for a generation that stood in a time such as this. I was thankful for a generosity. I was thankful for her hearts that were stirred. I was thankful for those who would go and make a way in difficult times. I believe that the house of God is a shining light. And we are the ones that are called to shine that light out through the goodness and through the greatness of God. Yeah. And we all have an opportunity to be able to play. So my question for you here today is how can you be involved? As we just read that scripture there, it starts in the heart. And I'm asking you to have your heart stirred for his church, stirred for our community, stirred for the lost, stirred for people to receive freedom, stirred for, and I, even on this particular point on freedom, I chatted with a guy just last week and he had this radical moment of salvation. And I loved hearing his heart of just like, hey, I was walking this way and salvation because of Jesus, I'm now walking in a different direction. And now he's experiencing freedom. He's now getting plugged into church. And it is a beautiful thing. And I'm praying that we'll see that story over and over and over and over and over. I'm praying for our hearts to be stirred with a burden for the lost church. That we'll have a heartbeat for our community. That not in a, I have to do it on my own, but I get to be a part of something that is taking ground for the kingdom of God. This is what we're believing for. And so it's not necessarily just a, a monetary kind of thing, but it will open up doors for us in order to reach those who we believe that God's calling us to reach. And the second thing I'm asking guys is, is simply to go away, pray and obey. Pray and obey. What's going to happen? In a couple of weeks' time, on the 25th of June, we're going to send a link out to anyone who calls C3 New Hope home. And if you're not currently on email addresses and so forth, there'll be an opportunity to receive that. And between now and then, I simply want you to go away and ask, God, what is that is in my hands? What is it you're calling me and my family to? Ali and I, we, last night, we sat down and started talking about, hey, we're going to go on a journey ourselves of seeking God, of asking, what is it that you would like us to give? Just so you know, your pastors will be giving. <laughs> we are pre-committed to that. 
I'm not one of those pastors that get up the front and just say, no, that's not the history of our church by any means. But I do know of some situations where the pastors don't give it to, to their own thing they're calling for. We will be doing that. We'll be stepping out. And what will happen in a few weeks' time is that there'll be a link sent out with an opportunity to be able to give. And then we're going to be given three months for people to be able to give. So during the month of July, August and September, we're calling for the church to have their hearts stirred, for the opportunity to be able to ask God what is it that we can give and to be faithfully give for those who are able to do that. And why are we doing three months? Well, come October, we then start to set budgets and understand what we're dealing with for next year. And that means we can actually plan and steward well everything that has been brought into the house of God. It's not reactionary. It's not, oh my gosh, we have this money. Do we not have this money? No, it's not that at all. We actually steward everything that we have well to be, uh, go towards the kingdom of God. We're taking grounds. We're taking grounds. I loved our word of a breakthrough. We're breaking into new grounds. We're breaking into new territory. I believe we're actually we're reclaiming territory and we're moving into territory. Cameltown, you're taking grounds. Townsville, you're taking grounds. Blue Mountains, you're taking ground. Mount Annan, we're taking grounds here. And as a, a phrase that we've heard beforehand, so as we do what we can, this is when we need to understand who we are and who God is. But as we do what we can, we believe that God will do what only He can do. God is in the industry of miracles. We should be in the industry of obedience. So, obvious question that some of you guys might be having. Where are we looking to take ground? Where are we wanting to be a move into in 2024? Before I answer this, I want to make sure that's very clear to everyone here, particularly those who have been around for a while. Four or so years ago, and for a number of years beforehand, we used to take up an offering called Storehouse Future Funds. And I want to be very transparent with everyone here today that every single dollar that was apportioned to Storehouse Future Funds will remain apportioned for the purposes of that. That won't be going unchanged. And so you can have a complete confidence now that if you've given previously in that space and we have funds available in those areas, that will still be used in that way. But for us here right now, as we step into our legacy and Legacy 2023, we have a different focus. And basically what I said, I actually went to our campus pastors and said, what is it that if you had funds available, what is it that would help you to be able to go and reach into your community and see the church grow? See the church go from one space to the next space. And so I asked them to do what I'm asking you guys to do. Go away, pray, seek God. And they came back to me with, um, with, with a few thoughts. So here's where we're going to portion our faith. And it's good for everyone to have an idea of where we're heading with this. At our Blue Mountains campus, um, we have been, just so everyone's aware, we we actually, our Blue Mountains campus is currently located in a uniting church. And I think to myself, how good's that? We've got the raving Pentecostals with the uniting guys coming together in unity, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's in smack bang in a space where I believe, and I know Dave and Emma believe in, that we are called to that specific area. And uh, in the, in, it's in the suburbs, it's a beautiful little space there. And uh, what the current building itself is in need, and we believe we can actually contribute to be able to help out with some capital upgrades into that space, where we can be a blessing to the church, we can be a blessing for those who are using that space, and also be a blessing for our current people as well. And so we're looking to do some current, uh, some capital upgrades into the space of our Blue Mountains campus, as well as also there's a couple of community and outreach events that we are um, wanting to be able to be activated into as well. 
Um, at Campbelltown, um, you guys are, are absolute legends. And, and in fact, we had some faithful givers last year who was actually pushed into this space already. And because of their faithfulness, this year we were able to put on a kids and a youth individual um, and, and, and staff and resource them at Campbelltown, which has been a major breakthrough, which has been really awesome. And, but this year, we're believing to be able to move into the space where Campbelltown, we are believing for a pastoral care and a new friends person to be able to be on staff at C3 New Hope. Campbelltown, which would be amazing, which would be fantastic. Um, at Townsville, at Townsville, we are believing, uh, again, the space in Townsville is fantastic. Uh, they're in a PCYC centre. It's a beautiful space right in the centre of, 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 of the suburbs in, in, in Townsville. And uh, I believe God's called us to that space. And when you go to Townsville, for everyone else is not currently watching Townsville, there are beautiful families everywhere you look. And so we're wanting to push in and be able to, to, to move in and resource our kids' ministry. We want to be able to have an opportunity to, to continue some of our audio visual um, capital items, as well as um, set some aside for our future um, uh, locations as well, which would be fantastic. And here at Manan, we are believing um, for a few things. Uh, first and foremost, we are currently underway of actually putting together a purpose-built worship area for our kids. And so Matt, where's Matt? Matt's over here. We're actually in the process of being able to have a purpose-built worship area for our kids. And we don't just have a, a babysitting club. We have a worship centre for our kids we're developing right now. So there'll be some funds go towards that. We're going to have some funds that we're going to want to be able to put towards um, research sourcing and staffing a young adult ministry leader. Um, we are in exciting days, church, where we're starting to see um, just the rise of young adults take place and we want to resource and, and, and put our sail up where the wind is blowing that space. And the last thing I'm, I'm believing for, this is exciting for me, is that I'm actually believing that we, we are to create a room that's specifically set up for special needs. Um, we are in a, a time where uh, I've heard reports previously where um, people have not wanted to be, or not been able to come to church because of some of the provisions and difficulties it is for people with special needs to be able to come along to. And so I'm believing that we're actually going to be able to set up a room specifically designed at sensory appropriateness for those to be able to come into the house of God. And uh, everyone, that this becomes a gateway that everyone has an opportunity to be able to come and worship our God. So this is what we're believing for. This is the ground we're wanting to take. This is now, if we look at those as some, we could be very easily eighty, ninety thousand, hundred thousand dollars, very easily. And some might say, "Well, what happens if we don't get it?" Again, I'm not actually worried by the number. I will steward, and we will steward everything that has come in appropriately. But I wonder if we can start attaching some faith of, hey, this is an area, this is an opportunity for us to take ground, to be able to break through into, into, into our community and we can attach faith and believe big for God right now. So pray and obey. Pray and obey. I mentioned beforehand, and Matt, if you want to come up or hand over, was up on music today. I mentioned beforehand that for Ali and I, we, this is how we roll. We say, hey, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Ali says $100,000. I say, you have definitely not heard from the Lord there. <laughs> <laughs> but very simply, we say, God, what is it that's in our house? What's in our hands? If I've got gold, I'm going to bring gold. 
I'm going to bring something of sacrifice worthy to be able to worship our King. You know, I was thinking, someone can come get rid of this, Pete. I was thinking today that, just this morning, what was it that actually stirred the hearts of these people? What was it that moved their spirits? What was it that actually led them to a place where a generosity grew in their hearts? If I look at our times right now, we are in times when there's interest rates going up, when there's recessions, when there's all this talk. And I look at the circumstances of the Israelites and things were far from perfect. But I think to myself, what was it that was for them, stirred them? You know, we sang a song beforehand of a standing awe. Most theologians will make the comments that the tabernacle was built roughly a year after leaving the wilderness. And in that time, they had moments where they saw themselves saved from 400 years of slavery. They were set free. They had moments where they were just saw God move miraculously. Possibly one of my most favourite parts of Scripture and I'll put myself in the shoes of Moses just for a second, is that when the Lord says, hey, the people will be delivered from Egypt and they leave Egypt and they get to a place where it seems impossible when they reach the Red Sea. And Moses sees where they should be going. He sees all the people that he's now leading, a million plus people. But then he sees in the distance the chariots and he sees those who are coming And he has this moment before God, I go, I need you to come through. I need you to to do what only you can do right now. There was a complete dependence he had and what the people grew on him. They get on the other side of the river. They suddenly ask the question, where's our food and water coming from? What is it that's going to happen right now? Again, God provides I believe that people were in awe of who God was. And more than anything else, I'm praying that we'll be a church that is indeed in awe of who our great God is. There'll be a reverence to Him. And there'll be a yielding of our own in order to lift Him up. Church, I'm prophesying that we're in good days. They're not necessarily easy days, but they're good days. And again, you might look at the scenarios and the commentary of the world right now, which by the way, be careful of the commentary. (laughs) Anyone can commentate what they see. But this is where I believe, I'm gonna commentate from what the Bible says, that in times where they get darker, what's the promise? The light will shine brighter. And the light will never be overcome, the Word says. And so I stand on that. I stand on the truth. I stand on the, on, on the foundation of what God has said. I'm excited for the directions that the church is in. I'm excited and in faith for every one of our locations. God is good. And my prayer for us today is that you will lean into this truth that He is for us. He's not against us. As long as we walk in alignment with Him, there are good days ahead.
We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.